We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Mike the Mad Dog for life. What's going on, boss man? How are you? Oh, man, doing good, man. It's been a minute. It has. That it has. Welcome to DGD, uh, DGD After Dark. Goodness gracious. Um, got a lot to talk about tonight. A lot to talk about. Conference realignment, recruiting, and fall camp, baby. That means the season is upon us. 26 days if you're watching right now i can't wait i cannot wait first things first let's jump into this nate frazier sunday commits to georgia right after missing on kj bolton first i want to get your thoughts on get both commitments right so kj bolton goes to florida state over uh, georgia and auburn and Right, the others, but then Nate Frazier commits on Sunday the next day. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Oh man, it's um, bro, bro, Saturday was rough, man. From all the stuff we were hearing, everybody was thinking he's a dog. To literally the last a couple of hours, it was um, FSU used to hearing hearing about NIL and stuff like that, and it's wild. But I always told people that um. Outside of you know, outside of being the DGD podcast, was that um, FSU should always be second. Like everybody talked about the Auburn noise, people were talking about other other noise of other teams. But I mean, I always thought FSU was going to be. I thought I honestly thought they were going to be number two, and we know that didn't happen. Um, and so with that, like bro, that that was that was rough. Like that was man, that would've been nice watching KJ Bolden. Aguero and uh, Malachi Starks. Yeah, I think I think that's a testament, though, right? Like us missing on KJ is a miss. There's no way to get around that. Period. Right? That's a miss. But if you would have told me that we would have missed on a guy like this two or three years ago, I would be sweating compared to where we are right now, and more so in the in the secondary. Right? It's. 
it's a testament to their recruiting, you know, Kirby and, and company's recruiting mm-hmm. efforts in the secondary, right? Uh, when you look at Aguero, you've got Malachi Starks. These guys are going to be there for a couple more years, right? So you have what you feel as if the future. Well, I'm not going to say anything bad about the kid. I'm not going to say anything about his decision. That's his decision. But Georgia's in a spot right now where it's not going to sting nearly as bad had we talk, been talking about this very moment three years ago. Right. I mean, and I always tell people this, too. I mean, we don't really recruit Buford as to what people think, right? Like, you wouldn't count – actually, I mean, you, would, I mean, you really wouldn't even count uh, K.J. Bolden as a Buford kid. You wouldn't count Justice Haynes as a Buford kid because they were only there for one year. Yeah, didn't uh, uh, Buford? Well, not Buford. Blessed Trinity is where Justice Hands comes from. But mm-hmm. then you also uh, have Mill Creek. I think for uh, no, Mill Creek was Downs. I'm trying to think where KJ was. At KJ first. Bolden was. Oh gosh, why did my mind go blank just now? It was. Nonetheless, which I think what you're getting at, Mike, is right. You look at these guys that are coming to to Buford for their senior season and spurning Georgia, right? Which leads me to these, which leads me to these takes on social media about this Buford curse or whatever. I'm not understanding it. I really not. And I mean, it's just too weird, right? Like as far as like, it just was caused because of what everybody knows. What Mark just basically wouldn't recruit that area, and I mean the that area specifically. Uh, that that county area, that that area hasn't been going to Georgia. That's what everybody knows, right? Just the whole county, except for like just Justin Green is from that county, and like uh, so that is actually a good note from this this year's class that a lot of people don't talk about. It's just the county itself is just not that um, mm-hmm. impressed by Georgia. Well, I think another thing that too, Mike, with with Buford itself, I think you've got to be very careful with this, right? When you look at the state of Georgia as a whole, Georgia has proven themselves. If you look at this 24 cycle, you're still picking players in state, but you're doing it on a national level. So you're going to go, you're going to Texas and you're going to California, right? In Nate Frazier's case, and you're grabbing the number one guy in Texas. You're grabbing the number one, number two guys in California. Mm-hmm. You're going nationwide and picking the best players out of these states. And while you might be getting right spurned for within state kids, again, Georgia's coming off of back-to-back national titles. So why are we sitting here questioning about why we're not getting in-state talent if we're looking at out-of-state talent from Florida? Some guys in Georgia, I'm not going to say not everybody's from Georgia, right? Because I think you're still looking at a decent amount of people on in these recruiting classes coming from in-state. But when you're taking nationwide the best players from around the country and compiling them into this, this roster, if you will, and you produce the results that we've seen these past two years, stop harping on this in-state. It, to me, it makes no sense. It does, but it doesn't. It does because they are top of your board talent, right? Like that's you just get, you just gotta be honest about that, right? KJ Bolden, top of your board. Landon Thomas, top of your board. Cam, uh, Cam, what's his last name? The running back for that went to Florida State. That's going to go to Florida State. That Cam Akers, yeah, he was on top of our board at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm missing one more. 
Uh, but yeah, bro, like you just when you have those people on top one, two on your board, it's just hey, they go somewhere else. Oh, Sammy Brown, that was the other one, right? You can't, you just, you just got to deal with it, right? You missed it. Those are top two talents of other of their position, right? You think that after winning two national championships that they will come to Georgia, but everybody knows, right? You have oh yeah, that's what I kind of know. I can remember the county just now. It's Gwinnett. Gwinnett County is what I'm talking about. They don't recruit yeah. that area. Very well. Uh, nearly as good. Yeah. I mean, compared to other parts of the state, when you look at South Georgia. It just doesn't. Like, just, like I said, like Justin, Justin Green is the our first, our, I think our first and only committed in that area right now. Well, and yeah. that's been for a minute. Well, yeah, um, I mean, think about it, though. When you look at guys that's in state, right? Like, think about Rome, right? With, uh, with Tate, like up at Darlington, right? Like, mm-hmm. all these schools like that right there, you look around outside of Gwinnett County, and it's just like, I mean, Georgia's picking the right. Like what feels right, feels like I mean, well, it's right. working, right? It's Especially, working. I mean, think about Michael. Just recently, you get Michael, really, you know, right down there in Columbus area. That's for what it's worth. That's close to being Auburn territory. Yeah, it really is, bro. It, it's, it's it's very weird. Georgia's Georgia's a weird, weird, weird. I mean, state. if if you know, I think I think Georgia's ability to to go nationwide and pick the best of the best, right? That is a testament to Del McGee. That's a testament to our coaching staff on creating and generating the brand recognition that Georgia has needed. Georgia's had this, I felt like, but it's not, it's been taken to the next level. And when you Mm -hmm. see that right now taking place, any other school, maybe aside from a, I don't know, maybe Alabama, right? If, if that, if they were, in our shoes, right, and Athens, would we be sitting here and saying that they needed to lock down the state? Because, I mean, think about it. Louisiana, LSU, what feels like they should be locking down that state. They do a good job at it. I mean, recently, you know, they've been going around to Texas and stuff like that, right? Yeah. They're opening up. And I think Brian Kelly, speaking of, Brian Kelly is opening up LSU to more – of a national presence as well. I, I mean, but, obviously, I think um, you need to stay in state, but you know, that's you just know, my thought. Yeah, it's just like right. It's just the amount of kids, right? Like, like, uh, what is it? Um, like the let's do the different state. Like, actually, LSU is a good example, right? You can get there's only so much top tier talent at that state to where you know you still have to pick from out of state, right? You can you can pick the top. The 100 kids out of that state, which is only like four kids, right? There's four or five kids, top 100 yeah. in that state. You can get those, but you still need to figure out another 20. <laughs> right, this is, I mean, George, George is a little different. George is a lot different. It, it Georgia really has like 22 kids. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Georgia pays for what it's worth with Texas and Florida, California, right? I mean, you have different types of football depending upon the part of the state. Correct. But you've also got a, a mix, right? You've got offensive linemen and defensive linemen. You've got linebackers. You've got – like you think about you think about California per se, right? You, you know, maybe historical here, but I think, you know, the stereotype is like quarterbacks, running backs, maybe some receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Texas, let's go linebackers, right? You look at uh, D-linemen. Things like that, you know. But Georgia's proven to go pick kids. Like I said, pick kids in state. However, comma they're going to places like Florida, 
North Carolina, all these other states, and like I said, picking the best. And with that being said, Georgia's establishing themselves as a national powerhouse and national presence because of that. Oh yeah. What's up? What's going as on? We man? welcome in as we welcome in Keon over here. Keon. Well, Keon, we were just talking about Georgia's national presence on the recruiting and how locking down the state isn't as needed as it is right now for Georgia. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree, especially since the fact that we recruit on such a national level. Uh, it can really – it doesn't necessarily phase us as much as it would other teams. You know, you have your different teams out there. Like you have uh, you have guys like Texas, Florida, you know, some of these other states that, you know, they really do need to lock down their state to really convince a lot of their kids to stay there. Um, I just don't think it's such a big issue with Georgia at the moment. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, Nate Frazier joining the class, man? Uh, it really it really has me excited, truth be told. I mean, with our with our squad, we have more of a earth, wind and fire kind of aspect to us now more than anything else. Hmm. Mike started grinning. Why are you grinning, Mike? Because I was because that's what if you follow me on Mad Dog for Life, bro, I've been posting that since the beginning. I was like when I knew months ago. And we had a chance of getting these three kids. I was like, you know what? I want to copy the old Giants. Let me copy the Earth, Wind, and Fire. If y'all don't know who Earth, Wind, and Fire is, y'all better look them up. I know some of y'all are under the age of 18 watching this. Some old heads. I know who they are, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at this right here, right? Like, a lot of people, if you're not really tuned in and, you know, into the Georgia in this space, right? You're looking at Georgia with three running backs in this class and some people might question why well i think when you look at the situation in the running back room right now and previous classes it will explain it perfectly right look at kendall milton upperclassman dejon edwards upperclassman you know you you've got what andrew paul coming off of an acl you've got branson robinson currently dealing with a foot injury, if I'm not mistaken, uh, looking like he might be ready What at first few weeks of the season, I think. Um, you know, I think another thing, too, right, like we're, we're worried about it, right, because of the depth, right? Like all it's going to take is, you know, something small, and you could be dangerously thin at that position. And that's something Kirby Smart makes sure that we don't get into that situation with. So taking three running backs is needed. This I mean, it's just I think it's just it's even goes. I mean, we missed on Justice Haynes. We took one running back. We needed three. Two. Like, we want it. We take well, on average. We try to take two a class. If you the miss on is, one class, math is mathing, right? Yeah, it's simple math. No, at the same time, right? We we talk about this earth, wind, and fire, right? So for people that might not know about these running backs, right? Explain the earth, wind, and fire. I'm going to let you do that. You or Keon or both. Either way. I was going to let Keon do that. If he's there. Well, he might be there. We'll see. But, Mike, in the meantime, just start with the earth part. Who who would you consider to be the earth of this trio? Oh, it's Bones. You got the big bruiser. The big bruiser. He's like, what, six? I don't want to get his high. Oh, uh, wait. I think he's like six two two thirty. I think he's like something like that. Am I wrong? 
I got to double check on. I got to double check on these kids. I'll, I'll, uh, check, I'll check it for you. Hold on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you situated. But continue. Yeah, but bro, like he's the bigger back. He bow legged, runs tough, runs big, and like he runs. I mean, hey, he's our slowest running back on the team, right? So twenty four seven has him listed at like five eleven two nineteen, which I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think either. that's accurate. Um, let me check and see real quick. I have these notes out. Keon, while he pulls up his notes, why oh, is Chauncey right. Bowens? Why is Chauncey Bowens the earth on this trio? In your, in I mean, your he, he hits hard like a rock. I'm telling you, he's he's a massive amount of mass running downhill fast. It's best for you to get out the way because uh, Buddy gonna mow some shit over. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like he's 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 a very physical back. Huh. Uh, he's 5'11", 5'11", 215. Yeah. No, yeah I, he's he's built different for what that's worth. And he's still I – mean, he, listen, this dude has some of the biggest legs you, you've seen in this cycle. But at the same time, he's actually pretty fast as well. So uh, all three all three guys are sub-11, 100-yard uh, guys. So that's something to note as well, right? You're getting some speed. On top of right, like for instance, and Cha- uh, Chauncey Bowens here, you're getting some power. Um, now you're looking at Earth Wind. Wind. Who is the wind? Anybody care to enlighten the folks on who that might? Dwight be? Phillips. <laughs> I because boy, he get going like the wind. Oh, uh, I'm our six foot. Yeah, <laughs> speedy work. Speedy, speedy, speedy running back, man. I, I'm telling you. I mean, if you watched his game just the other day, I mean, kickoff, ran it back. So uh, I'm going to definitely go with him as the wind, Dwight Phillips. Runs a 10-2-2 and then 100 meter, runs a 4-2-8. Not 4-3-8, 4-3-8, I think. No, it runs a 4-2. There's no way. I think it's 4-3. I think so. Either way, I mean, listen, you know – I'm I'm under the let's focus on the hundred yard dash. I want to see the sustained mm-hmm. speed, top end, and you know long distance speed. Speaking of long distance speed, uh, watch out for Chauncey Bowens on that long distance speed because he yeah, might man. he might listen forty wise. This is why this matters because out of the forties of these guys, I guarantee he's probably got the slowest forty. But when it comes to the hundred, he more than makes up for it. More than makes up for it. But with, with Phillips, I mean, Phillips has that dynamic – I think you look at the agility off of this. The oh, he, oh, he does run a four – he runs a laser time 4-2-8. Oh. oh he Sheesh. Dwight Phillips, yeah. Damn. I, I knew – I was like, I know he runs a 4-2-8. I'm, I'm telling you, he's the win. Yeah. So he's he only, And then he's a – was it? He started off – he started off his sophomore year – uh no, he started so started his junior being like 160. Last time I heard, he's around 180, and still has that top speed. So yeah, that's I mean that's impressive because it was at one point like 170 and stuff, and you start to get wondering, you know, like with with Phillips, you start to really start to question his scheme versatility in the sense of is he just between the tackles guy? Is he outside zone type of guy? You know, utilize him out in the backfield. Want to be able to use guys diverse. Uh, fashions, right? And I think honestly, Mike Bobo will get the most out of the multiple multiple back situation. Oh, I, I just feel that way about it. 
Now we talk about now we talk about Earth, Wind, and Fire, and that only leaves Nate Frazier as Fire. Let me guess: he is a blend of both. He has the he has the balance of both, right? Fast, powerful. It's beautiful. And he runs like a four three four. It's, 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 it's quick. It's it's quick. Wait, right? Like he and he runs hard too. And another thing is too, a lot of people don't know. I think to what I heard, I got to double check my. But I think he's the first modern day kid to ever commit to Georgia. There you go. History being made right now under Kirby. Yeah. Gotta love it. And Kirby. I think to what I also heard was that he's also a he's also the first commit at a top five school nationally. Kobe says, run the motherfucking hot hand, Boba. <laughs> I mean, I'm done. Hey, the, I, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Period. Just going to do it. Uh, I think it's a very important to continue to go with what works and not uh, run away from that. I mean, I'm telling you, with our running backs that we have coming in, it's about to go crazy. You know, we haven't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. We're going to. So keep this in mind with Nate Frazier coming out of modern day because I'm going to tie this back. For some reason in this 24 cycle, I'm starting to notice somewhat of a, a correlation here with teammates, if you will. And and what I mean by that is you look at one set of teammates, Joseph John Ajonier, Justin Williams, that's teammates. Now, Nate Frazier has a teammate at modern day, actually two, but one in this class. With that being said, <clears throat> um, different position, D lineman, by the way, Aiden Breland. Does, I want to get y'all thoughts on this, kind of forecasting, kind of taking a guess here, if you will. Mm-hmm. You have to assume that landing Nate Frazier helps with landing Aiden Breland potentially. Yeah. There's also another one, same position as Nate Frazier, Jordan Davison. And mm-hmm. that dude is absolutely nasty. He's a starter, bro. He runs twenty. Like that's the funny thing, right? Like Nate Frazier is pos is they is a top two running back in this class, and he runs number two behind the number one running back next class. <laughs> like that's like that's, that's crazy. if that doesn't show you how deep running back is at modern day, I don't know what will. That bro, that dude's nasty. That dude runs about twenty five times. That dude has to average at least. 10 yards of carry watching this tape. That thing's crazy. So, Sacred Grove says, Bobo knows a lot about college offensive football experience matters. Yes. Uh, talked about this multiple times on different shows here. Um, listen, I feel confident on Bobo. Bobo will get the ball into the the best players. That's just what he does as a college guy, right? Todd Monkton was a pro guy, so you saw him fit the system. Now you look at Bobo being an offensive guy, you're about to see – some of your better players, the best players on this offense, go absolutely bonkers. And absolutely bonkers. Uh, Sacred Grove, yes, the Jordan Davison is the starter at Modern Day, from what I'm. Because yeah. I'm trying to think, bro. Do we have any wide receivers outside of McConkie that runs slower than a four-five? That wide receiver? No. I mean, you might. Well, maybe Denylon. Denylon might be in the low four-sixes, high four-fives, maybe. Uh, Morissette. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a minute. Wow, that's a name. I, when you when you I look at the, take his time. I mean, for what it's worth, right? You look at the. I mean, Marcus Resme's probably high four fives, maybe low four six two. 
but you look at him. Marcus Rosemary. Oh, right. Like, oh, I thought he came in right. He, he might. He might. I, I know I, with all the injuries, that, that could be true. When you when you have guys like Arian Smith, C.J. Smith, Anthony Evans, Yazid Haynes, you start to look. And, and listen, Lad McConkie is just as fast, too. Now, he's not like Arian Smith fast. Don't, mm. don't get that. Right. He has that quick first step. But listen, he, he can create separation, elite, elite separation creator. And that matters tenfold. Just matters tenfold. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of taking speed, uh, speed kills. Uh, I, I just think this year you're going to see Georgia really turn up offensively to a whole nother level that you haven't seen before. Absolutely. So obviously, listen, we've had enough recruiting talk. Uh, but first things first, let's get into the let's start the night with our first sponsor. We're going to switch it up and go Alumni Hall, folks, uh, located in Athens, GA. 10 minutes away from Sanford Stadium. Go get some license, Nike, Cutter and Buck, you name it, they've got it. All licensed Georgia apparel, accessories, and more. Scan the QR code. Check it out. Scan the QR, scan the QR code. It will take you directly there. And also, you can check it out, tgdpodcast.com. Uh, listen, Nike Pegasus 40s just dropped, folks. Right? Woo! Just copped them. Mm-hmm. They on the way. And Illinois. Alumni Hall has them for you to grab up. So keep it in mind. Thanks, Alumni Hall. All right, folks. The juicy part, the meat is here. Fall camp. Fall camp. Uh, started Thursday. You had first practice Thursday. And then I want to say it was Saturday uh, or Saturday or Sunday. I think it might have been Sunday. But Both. Both. Oh, yeah. There you go. So you've already had multiple practices. And let's so let's talk about that, Mike. What are your initial what What are your initial thoughts on the on camp so far? Oh, uh, we are hearing the same stuff. Majority, honestly, what we heard back in spring. I mean, we have the same players bowling out. We are at finally got the um, later freshmen that came in over the summer. They're bowling out. Uh, I mean, we're trying to get. I mean, we. Had so many, let's say, expected corners come in. We're going to change positions, try them out in different spots. I mean, we're hearing more Buller playing safety. I mean, we have Taiki balling out. Uh, Yeah, playing star, right? We just, we are, we're having fun. I think that's one thing, I think that's one thing much Tim hasn't had in a while is a depth of corners, and he has it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, the depth of DBs, period. Yeah, I mean, I feel like DB might be the, the strongest uh, position on the defense right now as far as depth and, and overall comfort for what it's worth there. Obviously, you do have to prepare for, you know, injuries and things like that, right? Um, but overall, I think you look at, right, Kamari Lasseter is what we expected, right? CB1. You've got, obviously, Malachi Starks. Javon Buller moves back to the safety. And then, right, you got Tyke Smith and Jonah Aguero both rotating for that star position, right? And and that's a testament to Jonah Aguero, right? Going back to the KJ Bolden miss, right? Aguero, they're streamlining him to get him on the field early and often. And he will be playing early and often, right? It's kind of get this feeling of other freshmen, right? Malachi Starks, Michael Williams last year, right? Some barrel you're selling before everything happened. Jonah Aguero is going to be an absolute animal this season. And I think by mid to late season, you're going to understand why he was such an important piece to commit oh, in this 23 man. cycle. 
it's it's gonna it's gonna be I think blatantly obvious. Although I'm not taking anything away from Tyke Smith. Tyke Smith is coming back into his old self, what he was at uh, West Virginia when he was an All American. That's why this is depth is making you know most Georgia fans feel pretty nice about the situation. I am trying to figure out with Aguero when he's going to play, like how much he's going to play. Like I just don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I- I don't know either. Um, I see Sacred Grove with a comment. We're gonna we're gonna come back around, and when we talk to the offense, I will definitely read that comment. So keep yeah. that. We're gonna keep that in the chamber. Um, you know, you're looking at linebackers, right? Smile Mondin, right? First mm-hmm. off, if you didn't see that picture, of that guy, that dude is actual absolutely jacked right now. <laughs> like Smile Mondin, small, small. no. <laughs> From what it was, and you look at him in high school to what he is right now, it is. It literally looks like he got fed. Just anabolic steroids, not literally, folks. I'm not. I'm just saying, dude is cock like Jack Diesel now. Like it is insane. Um, shout out to Scott King uh, Sinclair, by the way. That strength and conditioning program is no joke. Definite. Um, Definite. But with his situation, right? You expect him to be out maybe first few games, probably maybe even into September, almost October. That has opened the door for Xavier Sori, and from what I'm hearing. He's starting to understand it, and it's he's really taking advantage of the opportunity. And if you're Georgia in the linebacker position, that is crucial information and positive news. Absolutely I mean, necessary positive news there. Oh yeah, I mean I would say like I mean we saw so, I mean Sori played significant minutes at the spring game. I mean he was pleased he was starting out at the spring game, balling out, ready to go. I mean he looked like it. Um, actually, another name to my just put uh, Jalen Walker. He actually is yeah, playing Jaylen. inside linebacker. Right Jalen's getting some run with the ones too. That's yeah. that's another name, man. Like, and Keon, you, you saw this, right? When you take a look at Jalen mm-hmm. Walker last season, right? Especially when he was on the field, third down, right? Kind of a situational pass rusher. It's kind of what's being expected for these young guys, right? Come mm-hmm. in, excel on situational pass rush, and then obviously kind of wait your turn per se, right? Wait your turn and then you develop into the full linebacker potential that, right? It's just, at this point, you've seen it. You going from all the way from when Kirby came in here and Schumann came in here, all the way from Roquan to Lorenzo and all those guys down to Monty Rice and Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. You wait your turn, you'll develop to an NFL level. You will get drafted and Jalen Walker, Looked had some very nice flashes on, and flash plays last season. I expect him to take another step forward this season as well. I, I do want to comment on the uh, – because if you've been paying attention to Georgia so far, you'll be able to see, like, different parts of practice. One thing I will say that I love is each and every single rep has been a high-velocity, full-speed, full-go rep. You're not seeing – players take any time off in between reps uh which is very important for I, I believe for championship caliber teams you know you it's not just about you winning on the field you got to win each and every rep you got to win at practice because especially here at Georgia if you don't practice well buddy you're not playing uh <laughs> but that's that's just what it is but go ahead I just wanted to throw that in there because aka, AKA Carson Beck I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. You know, I think another thing that too is you look at right the leader of the linebacker room, and that's and that's Pop Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. 
obviously you, you feel pretty confident with him on the field. So, you know, and I think as well, though, the, the fact that he's getting challenged to take another step is it's it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to that. But I feel very confident with him responding well. I just, I just feel that way. Kid is super instinctual. Um, you know, listen, he might not be the fastest guy, but, mm-hmm. you know, Nakobe Dean wasn't the fastest guy, folks. And his yeah. instincts made Nakobe Nakobe, right? Uh, you know, listen, it's, it, I think he's a little bit more of an athlete. He's a little bit faster Nakobe, right? Kid's got the defense. And, and if we go back to the situation, right, when, if y'all remember, you know, the accountability, right, that he showed as a freshman. Remember that when he's just sitting there, a lot of people wanted to spin it a certain way with him just ripping off, like just ripping into, um, I forgot who it was, but another uh, team member on the sidelines, right? That's the accountability. That's the leadership that you now don't have with a guy like Nolan Smith. You don't have that with Nakobe anymore. So it was nice to see that leadership flow seamlessly between each other, right? Between the, the transition. Oh, that, by the way, that was Lasseter during the – That it was, yeah. Uh, it was it was either in the Kent, Kent State game or the Missouri game. I think it was a Missouri Texas game. Day. It was a night game, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that uh, – bro, he gave up – I think I think he yeah, I think he either gave up a touchdown or it was like a close to being a touchdown, which they scored on. But, man, that game, like that after that play, I don't think we ever heard his name. <laughs> I don't think we heard his name up until – the LSU game, maybe? Maybe? Because yeah. well, I don't I mean, remember hearing his name that much in LSU. Well, you think about it, though, right? Like, I, I want to take that moment in time, and I want to to show other instances, right? When you go back, you look at Nakobe Dean and Channing Tindall in the national championship game. Nakobe is going off on him on the field, might I add. But the results follow right after. It's the policing and holding each other accountable that instills the winning culture. It instills the winning mentality. And that's just ultimately the recipe for winning in general. It's, it, it's especially in that linebacker room. That's where it seems to generate from. Not saying it does it in other spots, other positions, right? But the linebacker room is just, for, for Georgia's perspective, it just feels that way that that's where it resonates, originates from. Might be crazy. I just feel that way, but I'm I'm completely on board with it, and it's the reason why Georgia's LBU. Oh, 100%. And I think those are the simple things that, you know, we do, especially with, with Glenn Schumann, that I think helps separate us. Um, if if you saw uh, the special that we that the, the Georgia had on SEC Network, you see the linebackers going through drills of punching the ball out, like, you just got to attack on all phases. And I think that's one thing that we're, we're doing and we're showing with our uh, linebacking room. Yeah. Say, uh, Sager Grove brings a perfect middle linebacker being the quarterback of the defense. It's a hundred percent, right? It's a hundred percent. Oh, sorry. And then yeah. another thing you want to bring up too, is a, a watch out for EJ Lightsey. And CJ Madden as well. CJ Madden as well, depending upon. I'm, I'm really, I'm really high on CJ Madden this, this upcoming season. His story is so nice to see as well, right? Like when you, when you understand what yeah. happened and then now that he's right, he's learning and growing, which is nice to see. Um, yeah. Listen, our schedule is going to bode well for rotation and development. 
It just will. It just will. It just will. Um, I, I do want to talk about right growth and development by switching down to the D line. Right, you've got some seniority there. When you look at guys like Logue, Stackhouse, <laughs> and, and I feel like those guys right there are going to be the the anchor for the team. Right, we all know it's especially in SEC ball. It starts in the trenches. It will never change, never change. But you have to have right. You, you're losing Jalen Carter. And everybody's going to look at that, as, and, and that's a big loss. It really is. I'm, there's no way to sugarcoat it. That's a big loss. But I think when you have the guys there, the quantity of good elite players, right? You've got Logue, you got Stackhouse, you got Brinson, right? TID. All those guys right there can rotate and can make a formidable defensive line. But I want to mm-hmm. go specifically to these young edge guys. Georgia lands three edge rushers into the 23 cycle, and it sounds like they're making waves. And it's something that Georgia needed last season, which is why we got three, and you're start- and it's starting to pay dividends already. Let's start first. Damon Wilson. Woo! Woo! Freak. I'm so excited. Freak. Freak athlete. That first step, that first step is unmatched. 100% out of Damon Wilson. Uh, I like his hand fighting, honestly. His ability for him to catch leverage, I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited for him. Mike, you get, you look like you were going to say something stuff. I'll let you speak. Oh, no, no, man. It's just – you just, I'm just ready to watch it, man. I'm just ready. I'm just ready to watch it. Uh, I'm listen, just ready to watch listen, it. If you watch G-Day, I'm not, I'm not going to disrespect anybody, but he did some nasty things. On that one play specifically, did some nasty mm-hmm. things to Chad Lindbergh. Yeah. Listen, Chad Lindbergh, I, I love his effort. He, he, listen, but it's, he's just built different, man. Damon Wilson is just built different. And that elite get off is what's going to make that man a first round pick. I do want to see, I, I do have questions though. I mean, he is a freshman. I want to see how he's able to handle run support. And if he gets that squared away, he's a three down player. Easily. Oh, easily, 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 man. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. My favorite out of out of the uh, out of the young guys we got out of the 23 class on the D line. It would actually have to be Wilson and Samuel and Pimba. Samuel and Pimba had a couple of workout videos so far. Dude's a workhorse. Real deal workhorse. Uh, when I, when he was exactly. coming in as a right as a recruit, right when he was coming in, I was kind of wondering. Like, I felt like he needed to to take you know take some time in, in the conditioning and, and things like that and get his body SEC ready. What it sounds like, he might be more ready than maybe I expected. And it, to me, listen. When when you see the the lack of edge rush that we had last season, and it's not a, let's when, when Nolan Smith went down, right, the, you know obviously you picked up right, you, other pieces picked up, but to have the have the bodies now with what Sacred Gross is, right, we've never had that much speed on the outside, right? Like 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 Nolan Smith ran a four three, right? He ran in the four threes. It it wouldn't surprise me to see those guys run in the four threes or very low four fours. Right, which leads me to the third edge guy, and that is Gabe Harris. Right, the I wouldn't say the unknown, 
but the the least known of the three. And honestly, I think he's just built to be at Georgia, just built to be there. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on Gabe here? I mean, obviously, listen, when you look at Damon Wilson, it's easy to get just stuck and gravitate toward it. But I, I think we have to understand that I, all three of these guys are making good progress and there's going to be a chance for these guys to get on the field. What are your thoughts on Gabe Harris and how he's going so far? Oh, he, if, how I, how is the best way to put it? If I had to choose something. How I feel about Gabe Harris is how I feel about the commit that we got in the defensive line room. Uh, gosh, the D-line, what's his name? In the twenty-four cycle, twenty-four cycle. You talking about? Are you talking about like true um, D line, or are we talking like true true D line? So are we talking like Justin uh, Green, Jordan Thomas? Yeah, no. Oh. I'm talking about the one that plays John, quarterback. Yeah. That can play D line for us. Oh, Quintavious. Yeah, Qu- yeah, Quintavious. If those two guys hit, and if they hit, with they're already having those two other guys ahead of them. We would we, we like that's that's it, <laughs> like like that's it. Like we just like that's where you you get the ten you get the um, Jordan Davis of the world out of that. You get the uh, Tindos out of that, where you just have that one year where they just ball out their junior year and you just kill it, right? We may not see them play their freshman year that much, send a little more in their sophomore year, but their junior year, that's and a hit. You couldn't have asked for anything better. You couldn't have asked for anything better. Yep. Because yeah. everybody, everybody went to everybody's like, oh, why did we get that three star, Dana? Why did we get that guy that may jump from a three star to a five star? We always know, right? It's the guy that went to Alabama and became a first round draft pick. We were late. We didn't Will care. Anderson. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Um, so, Sacred Grove says, all I know is uh, about Gabe Harris is big, tall, and fast. Physical. Keep that in mind. That's a word you want to focus with him. C.J. Madden is... I ain't heard nothing about that. I haven't heard about anything about C.J. Madden. As, I don't even know if yeah. it's a potential thing. I think he's six at linebacker, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I will say this about Gabe Harris. I expect him to be able to help out and run support. Mm-hmm. I can see that playing out. That oh yes, he was a four star by the way. He was a he was a top fifteen linebacker, top top ten, top fifteen edge. I think Gabe Harris was. Yeah, yeah. He he would cough with tried to go to I. I think he went to IMG after he yep. moved. He tried to move. That's and it or whatever. So he moved. That's what IMG. I was telling people. Like I think Georgia had. I think on paper it showed that Georgia had like ten people from Georgia, but they actually had like thirteen, fourteen. Once you thought, yeah. thought about the guys that transferred their senior year. I think it'll be interesting, too, because with IMG, right, like Nitro, you had to move back uh, back home because of the, yeah. the, the new – when IMG got purchased, right, the uh, the the one year or the last year transfer rule that they've been taking advantage of kind of got – wow, you just got canned. So basically now these kids can't just come for their senior year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays that out. Could, are you sure that's the reason why – yeah, go back and look at Nitro on his social media post. Right, but I don't think it had yeah. that. It didn't have to do with that though. No, he talked. He talked about it. Yeah. That, oh, he did. Okay. When when when, when IMG got purchased, when they got bought, oh, okay. 
one of the rules that they made was that last year transfer mm-hmm. was no more. Mm-hmm. And that's why it, it impacted him. So he had to go back. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're going to start seeing more kids when it comes to IMG. They're going to transfer in coming to their junior year so they'd mm-hmm. be able to play. Or you're going to just see kids really just stay, stay where yeah. they are. I mean, it's gonna, I mean that, that can make its own dominoes as well. Let's transition over to the offensive side of the ball. What do y'all think? Um, Offensively, I'm excited. Um, what about the offensive line? Let's start with the big nasties. What do you think about <laughs> the offensive line so far? I mean, I think it's – we we, we got into – I think we have an expectation of who we think is going to start with possibly a rotation here and there, right? Like, I mean, SVP is going to start at center. Uh, Ratledge is going to start at right guard. Um, Mims is going to start at right tackle. Left guard right now looks like Truss. And that the left tackle right now looks like Ernest. Ernest Green. Yeah. Ernest Green. And honestly, I think, the, I think the big name out of these five – is Xavier Truss. Had some mm-hmm. questions, had some reservations, but it sounds like he's getting everything situated, and that only spells success and and just more elite play. Yes, don't put him at don't put him at tackle. Well you <laughs> that, that's just that ain't got to. You don't have to. I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Just don't put him at tackle. Uh Sacred Coast is better than last year's? Yes, I think so. Uh I, listen, it's it's gonna be hard to replicate that statistically. So if you look statistically Right. Keep this in mind. If you look statistically, it might look a little bit different. But I think what you're going to see is the right when when you have guys like um, you know Warren McClendon and and uh, Broderick on the outsides. Right. From a pass standpoint, keep in mind what Stetson was able to do with his legs. So it, it kind of hides things if you need them. Right. There won't be as much of that this year, and and I think that's going to prove important for Ernest Green. Ernest Green is going to be the X factor, and I think the hinge point of the offensive line. I do think that Xavier Trust being is getting developed the way he needs to be. I think that's going to prove really beneficial for this offensive line. It's going to help us in the run game. Listen, I think you're going to watch. Listen, it won't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise you. If you see piles move forward five, ten yards, mm-hmm. these guys are massive, mm-hmm. folks. It's massive. Big trust. Big and trust. There's a reason why Keon is calling it big trust because, yeah, massive. Yeah. So, you know, looking I mean, at the offensive line, I think it's 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 noteworthy, right, to look at the the starting five or the, the ones running with the ones, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep in mind, folks, it's, it's going to be important to see that rotation like Mike had mentioned because of the fact that you've got some NFL guys in the wings behind them. Michael Morris, Dylan Fairchild, right? Just to name a couple. Just to name a couple, right? It, it's going to be important to, to get those guys rotation. Our schedule should allow for it. And if that happens, the chemistry and the cohesion, if it stays the same and you start situations where – Guys don't miss a beat if they go out. You're talking about some serious, serious trouble for other I mean, I think the biggest thing coming from last year was um, Cyril's learning his – giving another year of his players. Like, that's that's what a lot of people don't talk about of the first six games versus the first last six games, right? We were trying to play a lot of zone scheme on the offensive line, a lot of zone scheme. And as you said, right, he – 
that's what he thought they're going to be. Uh, he kept going back and forth with it, trying to figure it out. And then at the end, of, at the end, he was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm kind of pushing out the zone scheme type." And so we'll see what happens, right? They gave him another year to learn a zone scheme offensive line, see if they can develop into that. Definitely allows you to do it the first, at least definitely the first game. So we we'll, we will see what happens from it. Absolutely. Nine, nine days. They only know nine sacks in fifteen games. Yeah, that's that's gonna be crazy. hard to beat. That's a, that's a crazy statistic. That is a crazy. Um, Keon, let's talk about these tight ends, man. Obviously, you got Brock Bowers, right? And mm-hmm. we talked about Bobo. He, I, Brock Bowers would get the ball a lot. Um, but I know you heard this, Oscar Delp. Yeah, Oscar Delp is probably close to 250 right now. Yeah, and obviously, listen, it's it's almost impossible to replicate and reproduce a Darnell Washington on the field. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to get that reincarnation, Oscar Delp is doing a damn good job at it. It looks like he's about 240, 250 range, right in the 240s, I would assume. Good weight, by the way. Good weight gain, not a bad weight gain. Good weight gain. Keep in mind. I mean, and he's, he's and he's taking on the blocking. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, to put it this perspective, right? Like, um, uh, damn, Brock Bowers. He's six three and a half, two thirty. That means that you can be a tight end run. You should be, you should be able to be six six and be two forty five, two fifty, and not lose anything from that. Like that, 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 that's just the mindset of our conditioning coach. Is like you can gain weight and good weight and still keep the same speed. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I think it's it's more of an attribute to not only his hard work that he's put in away from the team, but you know being locked into those to those moments where you know you're going through team drills because we really had Oscar Delp. For those who remember, uh, Oscar Delp stepped up big for us in the Peach Bowl after Darnell got hurt. So to have him there in that moment to fill that void, you know, those are the things that you really got to look at when it comes to Oscar Delp. You know, how do you perform in those highlight moments? Are you ready when they call your number? Are you ready to go in and make an immediate impact on the game? And I think that's something that you're going to see out of Oscar Delp. And, I mean, especially if you've been paying attention, you know he can do it. So I'm really excited for him moving forward this year. Mike, I want to ask you this. What are your thoughts on the freshman? You got Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperlin. I think Pierce Sperlin might still be healing, healing up. But you know, Oh, yeah, he's – that's crazy. That's crazy that he actually might start within the – at least the beginning of the season. The, and that's the, one great. I, the one thing I will say about this though is when you look at when you look at those rotation, right? You look at Pierce and Lawson, they're not asked to come in and contribute immediately and in a high volume right away. No, I definitely get you. I definitely get you there. Um having them in that space to where they can come in in transitional moments versus all right, look, here you are, you're on the roster, get in there. Uh, we're not going to really throw them to the wolves per se, mostly a slow roll that you're going to see out of us. Uh, when it comes to the way how George is, is going to push those guys out there, they're going to give them, they're going to put them in the right moments. And I do think with, you know, with our schedule, you're going to pretty much give everybody in that tight end room an opportunity to go out there and make an impact. So I think it's, it's all about positioning the moment 
And I think that's something that we truly succeed at, really just getting them prepped for anything and everything. I'm going to be honest with you, like the, the tight end position, I haven't heard any news. <laughs> I've heard a little bit here and there, right, about Austin Lucky, stuff like that. But it's just like it's it's quiet. It is very quiet in the tight end room because they already know. They don't have to report or anything, right? Brock Bowers, top five draft pick, top six, top, top five, top six, depending on where he goes, right? Like, it's just like, yeah, we can, we can leave that later, right? Like, that's – we already know we got dogs there. You don't need to talk about it. Like, it's just – it's crazy. Speaking, speaking of dogs, I'm going to let y'all have at this. Talk about the receivers. All right. So, I, I'm not going to lie. I got to start this out with one of my favorites. Uh, Anthony Evans. Uh, we watched we watched him on, of course, uh, his OV to Georgia. You know, his, his commitment. Um, to see what he is. I think he went on vacation or something uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they posted a picture of him. Dude is yoked. Dude is yoked. <laughs> like it's 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 getting exciting to really just see where uh his development is going. Uh also read something he might get he might get some burn on some special teams. I saw something on, on punt return. I believe it was punt return or kick yeah. return. They're there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I Oh yeah! Oh yeah! When I um, oh yeah, like with the um, with the punt returns, man, we're hearing a lot of freshmen that are ro- rotating in, possibly for being the next uh, punt returner. Um, and it's just it's just one of those things. Like it's like like I don't I don't know if we I don't know if we see McConkey anymore as a, as a punt returner, bro. Like I really don't. We will have to see. And that's- and that's one of the biggest things at Georgia. You know, if you if you're a wide receiver, you're a young guy, and you want to get more burn, you want to get get the ability to come on the field quicker. Special teams, you know, uh, y'all have heard Kirby say it. You know, it's a it's a slogan amongst us, but 750k is what you can make as a as a special team. You know, so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to get yourself out there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Makai Muse actually look. Like get a shot to return a punt. Let it happen, please. Let it happen. They just let it first game. This is just the first game. Just let it out, man. Just let it go. Just let it, man. Like, oof. like it's gonna be. We are we are deep at uh, what's it called? Um, non scholarship players who came in to play, who came back in to play, like. I mean, I we haven't already talked about. I mean, as far as wide receivers, like you said, Muse, uh, we most of them came from running backs, but we will talk about that later. Like we have a few, a few players who, it's, I don't know, man. It's just gonna be interesting. It's lies really, really fast. It's really, really fast. We ain't um, even talked about Ladd and Love it. I mean, we can talk about oh, it, but, but we can uh, Love it, Ladd and uh, um, MRJ, man, like. Those three seem to be the ro- mainly hearing rotational as the ones. I mean, that's just what we keep hearing a lot. But I mean, here's in Georgia rotates six guys. Like we we had Dylan Bell starting games as a true freshman. Like we like it's just give it 
I'm sorry, go ahead. giving them the opportunity, giving them the opportunity for more burn. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things uh, that I think we're going to see out of our our coaching staff and out of out of that position, out of the wide receiver position. I think it's going to be interesting moving forward. Um, you know, Dominic Lovett. We know what he was when he before he got here um, to get him acclimated in into the scheme. And just like we were talking about earlier, how Bobo truly believes in just getting the ball to the best players as possible. So you're going to see you're going to see a lot of targets coming Dominic Lovett's way, and I can't wait for it. I'm really excited to see it. Um, I'm I, I want to say it, but I don't want to say it. But you know, I'm going to say top it. Five, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my lockdown. Top five. I'm going to say, say Lovett will have. I want to say Lovett will have 1,100 yards this season. Uh, I do believe that we will have a top five wide receiving room in the country by the time it's all said and done. And that's receivers. We um, don't even have to talk about Bowers. I think literally you could see that being pure receivers, not just yeah. tight ends and receivers. <laughs> like, I, honestly, I, I think when you add in tight ends and wide receivers, we, we might we'll end up with probably the best by the time that it's all said and done. Uh, you know, my two early season predictions, that's definitely one of them. Definitely top five wide receiving core in the nation. Uh, and I can't wait. I can't wait to see it, especially with everything that we have and uh, how hard guys are going so far just in fall camp. I'm excited. Yeah, too, let's switch man. it. Let's switch it over to the running backs, guys. Um, we talked about this earlier, right? Nate Frazier. Wait, uh, let's do this. We're going to give we're going to give a prayer to Milton, man. <laughs> You're afraid of Milton. No, nah, there's there's been reports, things like that, that uh, yeah. re-injured a hammy, and it yeah. could be a couple mm. weeks. Uh, so, obviously, I think he'll be – the good news is I think he'll be ready to go for week one. Hopefully. I think he will close be. There. I think he will be. Um, ultimately, though, I, I do think the key, though, right, is to keep these guys healthy because we talked about this earlier. You start to get concerned because all it takes is one injury and you're starting to feel dangerously thin, right? Mm-hmm. Do not underestimate this name, though. You've probably forgotten about this name, Lyneth Whitehead, the transfer from Tennessee. Keep mm-hmm. that name on your radar, folks, because he was brought here for a reason. He was brought here for a reason. As a PWO, might I add, and I guarantee you, You'll probably see him doing something in this season. Watch. It'll come. I think it'll happen. One player, one player that I'm truly excited to see, and I got a lot of high hopes. And uh, I might sound a little bit biased, but I got to go with the Dallas kid, Andrew Paul. I think it's going to be – this is going to be a really big year for him. We're going to see him truly transform uh, as, as a Dallas native myself. I can say uh, from what I was able to see him do before he came to Georgia is nothing short of amazing. A lot of hope. I got a lot of faith in this kid moving forward. I think this is going to be the year you're going to see him pop off. So everybody that's listening, just keep that name at the back of your mind, Andrew Paul. Oh, man. It's going to be electric. You still got Branson coming off of an injury. I think you look at Branson is coming in probably the first few weeks, getting ready for that at that point. You know, Andrew Paul, right, coming off the boot, coming out of the boot for fall camp is is a huge telltale sign. I think that's a good sign for his uh, development and and rehab process. Um, Sacred Heart thinks that Roderick gets out there too. Listen, for what it's worth, I think if he does, either we should be just blowing that opponent out or we have a serious problem. It's kind of similar to the G-Day situation. I I, I don't want that. 
I mean, I will. I will more likely see him than than uh, Whitehead by far, honestly. Um, just because we did trust him with the Rock on G Day, having twenty, having like, by like the fifteen carries he had, um, or something like that, 10, 15 carries he had. Like, I just think that if you told me a, a order, an order as far as Georgia goes, right? Milton if healthy, uh, Edwards is second, a one A one B. Uh, Andrew Paul third, um, Branson Robinson won't even play at the beginning of the season, but then I have to give it to uh, probably uh, Roderick as the fourth. I mean, I, th- I don't, I don't know how much of, of walk-ons we will see as far as the first couple of quarters go, but definitely as you go in the like the third, the fourth quarter, I think we see more walk-ons. But as far as health, as far as like if health. As far as if health goes into the flow, we shouldn't see a lot of these walk-ons until the third, fourth quarter. Yeah, I would think so, too. With that being said, let's transfer to the final position, the quarterback position, and probably the most important mm-hmm. one, by the way, too. Um, listen, if you saw G-Day, you understand what we're about to say here. Uh, definitely think you've got Carson Beck solidifying his starting spot. I think it's his to lose. After that, 100%. after that, you've got Brock, you've got Gunner, and Jackson Muschamp. Don't forget about Jackson Muschamp. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, right, Carson Beck. You know, Thursday there was a lot of a lot of talk about the media portion, right, where he had some rough looking throws. Right? It's a it's a it's a it's just a route that we don't normally run, but. Well, but none, yeah. nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting, right? You look at you look at Carson Beck and what we saw at G Day. I think is more of a telltale sign than fifteen minutes of practice out of a two and a half hour, three hour practice. It's going to leave that there, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and right. it showed over the weekend, right? When he's he looked sharp, right? Kind of expected to get back on track. Day one of practice, whatever. Um, can't say that for other teams, though. Um, anyways, right? I think. Carson Beck has solidified the spot. There, there's really not much else to talk about. I think you're looking more at the backup position. But, I mean, so far, Carson Beck has been the guy, and there's no other way to put it. Just that's that simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Carson Beck is really, yet again, going back to the G-Day. I mean, he showed us all he needed to show us, honestly. Um yeah, so I just think that he's just going to really lock in and get the number one reps. Uh, been hearing a couple of things out of camp that you know he's he's taking his stride. So I'm I'm excited, and also to the Georgia fans that are listening that are that are uh, just reading the boards. Let's also understand. Last year they said that we were struggling in the quarterback in the quarterback room. Keep that in mind for everything that you hear this year. I mean, it our schedule is is very formidable for us to move forward, but just keep in mind everything that they were saying last year about how the quarterback room is struggling. So don't be surprised. And don't we scored be surprised. on seven straight drives on your Oregon. I don't, bro, that's struggling for us. <laughs> that's yeah, you know. If that's what struggling is, God, we're a first world team. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we really are. Um, no, I think I think Sacred Girls got a good point here as well. I think the other guys get in a lot though in blowouts. And honestly, I think so too. Um oh, yeah. the reason why I think that is this, I think it's important to continue this moving forward. 
from what we saw last season when Carson Beck came in, his they, they were trusting him enough to operate the offense, right? It wasn't just come in, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. Operate the offense, let him go through reads, progressions, things like that. And I think that I think regardless of the opponent, regardless whether it was their first string, second string, don't matter. The in-game experience translates to a more comfortable, more you know operational quarterback when it comes down to him being the guy now. And I and I would like to see that happen as well with Carson uh, when he goes out. You have you know. Brock or Gunner, whoever it may be, a backup. I want to see that happen. I think that needs to happen because if Carson has a good year, he's gone. You more than likely mm-hmm. going to be gone, right? It's going to be a loaded class at quarterback. But if he has a year that we think he can have, he'll be gone. <laughs> there's no way. There's yeah, he'll be gone. Right. So I think you need. I think Sacred has a good point. You got to keep that trend going, especially moving forward. 100%. Especially moving forward. Um, one and done, one and done, one and done. I mean, we got guys coming down the pipeline, 100%. Yep, I think I think you're right there. Uh, let's do this real fast, guys. Any final thoughts on this fall camp situation? I just pray for help for everybody on our roster. Um, we need you all. We appreciate you all. This season is about to get crazy. That matters All right there folks that's what it is uh listen if, you, if you're not if you're not tuned in and you're not honed in right now like i said right now you're listening it's what 26 days left about to be 25 folks mm-hmm. the time is rapidly approaching it is coming it is rapidly approaching you need to be tuned in i'm just gonna leave that there um want to give a shout out to our second sponsor of the show arguably my favorite beverage in the morning, that's a Patios coffee, folks. I, I say it every time. Best coffee. <laughs> Best coffee. Uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30 years of crafting experience. I'll tell you this. The only coffee that I've ever had in the dark roast is not bitter. How about that? Uh, leave it there. Scan the QR code as well. Go straight to their uh, shop. Get you some Classic City Collective dark roast, folks. 20% of proceeds, not only for that blend or the Classic City Collective blend, shall I say, Use that QR code or go to our website. Every single bag that you purchase or every single cake up that you purchase, 20% will go to the Classic City Collective. Keep that in mind Mm -hmm. because always be crudent, baby. Always be crudent. Guys, any final thoughts on fall camp? Any final thoughts on recruiting um, before we wrap this thing up? Oh, man. Man. I hope y'all brought y'all's prayer hands, folks, because if you ain't a Georgia fan, you about to be doing a lot of it. Oh, it's a, it's about to go crazy. Uh, closing out on recruiting, uh, <laughs> you got to continue to bring in the best the best talent you can to your program, and uh, always be recruiting. That's about as- And just keep this in, keep it in mind, Georgia fans. If we don't have a good day, we will ruin someone else's day. <laughs> i'll take it for what it's worth absolutely guys if you like the content make sure to like follow subscribe leave us a review on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast make sure to let us know what you think if you like the content leave a review let us know if you don't let me know 
That's all we can subscribe, subscribe, like, and subscribe. Smack the button. It's right there or up there or down there. I need there. my Shia LaBeouf. Still like I it. need my Shia LaBeouf right now. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Uh, follow me. Follow me on Twitter. Podcast Poppy. Two eyes. Uh, it's going to be a great season. Absolutely. Yeah, follow me at Mad Dog for life. And Mad Dog D-A-W-G for life. There you go, folks. Yo. You, heard, you heard them. Go give them a follow, folks. With that being said, that's all we've got for the night. And look forward to hearing the next episode because we were supposed to get the conference realignment, but things are still, still a little bit yeah. sketchy right now. That's, that's a whole that's, making some changes. Oh, there's going to be some changes. some changes. There's already a lot going on, and there's still potentially some more dominoes falling. Going to have to save that one and let that one marinate. With that being said, Keon, Mike, hope you all have a good time. Make sure to go give them a follow, guys. Let them, you know, let them know you heard them. Right here first. Let them know. Yes, Tell sir. them they got some crap takes. Yes, I don't care. Let them know. <laughs> uh, I, I will let them know. Your team is trash, and you got to deal with that. We're signing off. You stay classy, Athens. <laughs> Have a good one, and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.